0: If you have maybe seen any of our promotions or if you were here last week, you know that today we are starting a brand new series. And I said this last week, I'm going to say it again, this is the most important series that we have done up to this point within this church, okay? It is the most important one. I know that is a big statement to make, but I mean it with all of my heart. And it is not because I'm going to be providing like this mind-blowing content for you guys. All right? Um, I, I don't necessarily think these are things that you've never thought of or dreamed of before. It's not really about that. The reason it's so important is because this series, this concept, must change the way that we see, change the way that we understand, and change the way that we do things in our everyday lives. It's, it's that important, okay? And so here's what I know when it comes to something this important, okay? I know that I can get up here and I can teach until I'm blue in the face. I mean, hour upon hour upon hour, I could stand up here and talk to you guys and teach you guys and lay out all of this information. The only thing that matters is will you open your heart to receive it and begin to walk in it? That's the only thing that matters. If that doesn't happen, I am wasting an immense amount of my time and your time. And so that is really the key to this series. Will we open ourselves up? Will we allow it to take root in our hearts and actually begin to apply it every day of our lives? And so Um, When we uh, go to the future and we look back at this series, what we're going to realize is that this series is a tiny little fraction of the momentum that we're wanting to build through this, yet and still, I hope it kicks us off in the perfect way. And so what I want to do is I just want to begin by praying Um, that God truly would open our hearts, our minds to receive this in a way that it it truly does take root, that it begins to bear fruit in our lives, because again, that's what matters most. And so would you pray along with me that God would would help you in that endeavor, um, that he would allow you to approach it that way and see what he does in and through you. So if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are, again, so grateful for your presence in this place. And um, before I say anything else, I just want you to know that I love you. I adore you. I want to draw closer to you. I want more of you. It's all about you. I just I want to make that clear. But as we head into this series and into and, and these concepts, I truly am praying that you would open up our hearts in such a way that just swallows this up and takes root. Um, I, I prayed that through this series and well beyond, it would truly change us in the exact way that you want to change us. The way that we see things and view things and, and the way that we respond to things, may it truly change us from the inside out. And, and may you truly use us in a way that changes the community around us, that expands it out to the people who are in need of you. I pray that that you would do a miraculous, beautiful work that only you can do in and through and beyond this. And uh, we give you all the credit, we give you all the glory, and we thank you for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen. So be it. Okay, so let's go ahead and begin to dig into this. Again, if you've seen the promotions Uh, Maybe you've seen the graphic. If nothing else, you can see the shirt that I'm wearing today. The title of this series is very simple, very straightforward, one word, disciple. Okay? One word, disciple. And the reason that we intentionally used this one word is because within this word, there are two very important connotations that we need to understand. Because the word disciple is both who we are And what we do. It is both who we are and what we do. So it is a noun and it's also a verb depending on how we walk in it. And so when we see this word, maybe when you see one of these shirts, we ought to be reminded it's who I am. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, but it's also what I do. I am called to disciple others. As well, And so as we move forward in this series, we're going to talk about both of those aspects. We're going to see how they come together. We're going to see how they work themselves out in our lives. It's going to be an awesome thing. But here's the thing. Um, that means a little to nothing to you if you don't know what that word means, right? If you don't understand what it means, that actually has zero impact. So let's begin there. Let's talk about what the word disciple actually means. Means And let's go all the way back to the beginning. Our English word disciple comes from a Greek word, methetes. Okay? Now, this word did not originate in our New Testament. It did not originate with the words of Jesus. This is an ancient Greek concept that was well known before Jesus even showed up On the scene. By the way, this is something that he would often do. He would take very common cultural words and then he would kind of pluck them and put them into his context so that the people could understand what he's up to and what he requires of them. And this word disciple is maybe the best example of that because this word held a very important distinction. And that was a disciple was not simply someone who was a student, so follow me along here. In other words, it wasn't someone that, that simply listened to teachings and read material and retained important information. They frankly had other words to describe somebody like that. The big distinction with a disciple was that they were invited not just to hear it, but to live it. Okay? They were a people that learned by imitating a way of life, not just by remembering spoken words. In fact, listen to this ancient Greek understanding of this concept. The disciple desired to learn not only the teachings, but to imitate the practical details of their life. A disciple did not merely attend lectures or read books. They were required to interact with and imitate a real living person. A disciple would literally follow someone in hopes of eventually becoming what they are. That's the ancient Greek understanding of what a disciple is. In fact, listen to some of these other descriptions of it. A disciple was a living copy of the master. A living copy of the master. A disciple was someone constantly associated with the leader. And listen to this one, especially within our context. A disciple was the express image of the one in whom they follow. That's who a, a disciple is. So within our context, and when Jesus uses this word, what is he calling us to? What exactly does he mean when he says the word disciple? He very simply means a true follower of Jesus. That's what he means. And if you're taking notes, write that down. It truly is that simple. A disciple is a true follower of Jesus. Now, here's maybe a little bit of the issue with that. Um, that's something that many of us have heard many times, right? We, we know that we have been called to follow Jesus, um, and many times we're called Christ followers. That's very common language for us. In fact, so common um, that we've forgotten its meaning. We've forgotten the, the weight of what that actually means, and so we've kind of lost our way. So I have an assignment for you this week. And it's not a small one, it's actually pretty lengthy, so I'm asking you to to give yourself to this. And I think this will help you understand what a disciple is really about. I want you to go and I want you to pick one of the Gospels, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, pick one of them, maybe your favorite, maybe it's a blind draw, whatever. Pick one and over the next six or seven days, read through that entire Gospel, okay? Through the entire thing. As you're reading through it, I want you to highlight I want you to take note, listen, of everything Jesus says, everything he does, everything he prioritizes, everything he commands. I want you to highlight that. I want you to take note of that. And as you're doing that, I want you to ask yourself, are these things indicative of my life? In other words, am I truly following after him? So so when you stumble upon the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus says, love your enemies, I want you to stop and think to yourself, the people that, that dislike me, the people that make fun of me, the people that are out to get me, do I love them? Would I be willing to say, like Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do? Would I be willing to do that to my enemies? I want you to challenge yourself. Later on when he says, seek first the kingdom of God, I want you to stop and think to yourself, do I do that Am I following him or am I seeking all of these other things? And I'm just kind of hoping Jesus is a nice little add on at the end of the day. What is true of my life? Over and over again, challenge yourself with who he was and what he's required of you. And then what you're going to notice as you get to the end of that gospel and you think back to everything that he was up to, what you're going to notice is that Jesus gave his entire life and ministry to other people. He gave everything he had, everything he did for the benefit of others. He invested in others. He trained others. He equipped others to continue the mission after he was long gone, and he did it well. And so here's the question you're gonna have to ask yourself. Am I doing that? Am I investing And others, am I training and equipping others to be like Christ? And of course, this is where that second angle of the word comes in, because it's not just who we are, it is what we do. We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. True disciples of Jesus make disciples of Jesus. True disciples Make disciples. You cannot tear those two things apart. It is simply who we are called to be and what we are called to do. Jesus shows us this. He he plays it out for us. It's what his ministry was about. And so again, if we're true followers of what he has done, then we must walk in it. And it's actually this angle of the word that I wanna spend most of our time with today because the truth of the matter is this is the, the aspect that we are most missing out on. It's the aspect of of disciple that we're we're overlooking. We're not about as much as we should, and so we need to fix that. But here's the thing. I, I have the desire to keep this very simple, all right? Because I think when we hear the word disciple, again, not common language for us, immediately we get a little bit confused and we overcomplicate things in a way that we shouldn't. And it kind of paralyzes us in fear because we don't know how to apply it. So I want to keep this very, very simple throughout. And so let's begin here, okay? The idea of making disciples, the idea of discipleship, first and foremost, is, is relational, Okay? At its heart, it's relational, pure and simple. It's about understanding the value and importance of people and then entering into relationship with them. That's that's the core of it. So let me be very clear about this. Discipleship is not a program that we do within the church. Discipleship is not some sort of formula that we have to, to master. It is sincere, genuine relationship with other people. That's what it's about. In fact, in my studies, I saw this quote that I thought really hit it on the head. It said, if it isn't relational, it probably isn't disciple-making. Meaning, if you've made it about other things like processes and formulas and strategies, you've taken the heart right out of it. It must be about genuine love for and relationship with people. That's what it's about. Which means that discipling someone does not simply mean that you are a teacher to them. It it doesn't even mean that you are a mentor to them. What discipleship means is that you live everyday life with them in a way that points them to Christ. That's what discipleship is. It's it's much more simple than we make it, but, but it's also deeper than we make it. It kind of cuts both ways. And so I want to talk about both of those aspects for a second so we can really get the full scope, the the simplicity, but also the the depth of it. And so when we talk about the simplicity, again, let's, let's begin here. If the heart of discipleship is relational, listen to how simple this is, okay? Discipleship at its core is building friendships with the people God places in your life and ensuring that Jesus is at the center of it. Discipleship is, is connecting with people genuinely, authentically, and ensuring that Jesus is leading the charge. That's it. In fact, watch how the apostle Paul puts this in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. He says very simply, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. In many ways, that is discipleship in just a few words. That is what we are called To do. So listen, we're we're not talking about like jamming Jesus down people's throats or you know, elevator speeches of the gospel. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genuine love, care, and compassion for others to the extent that they see Jesus in it for themselves. That's what it's about. In fact, this is how Jesus Himself puts it in Matthew 5, verse 16. He says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Who is in heaven. May your light shine in such a way that they look at it, they see it, and they're pointed towards Christ. That's what discipleship is about. In fact, listen to a few of the ways that the best disciple makers alive today I'm talking about people who are changing communities, regions, cities listen to how they describe effective discipleship. The first person said this it's simply about hanging out with people and letting the Holy Spirit do his thing. It's like, get get yourself around some people and just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak, allow him to move. It's that simple. Listen to how another person put it. Spend time with people, include Jesus, and let things run their course. So, So give people your time, your attention, include Jesus within that, and just see what happens. Over the course of time, slowly but surely, see how God moves in and through it. One more, and this is a bit more lengthy, but I think it is such a good encapsulation of what we are talking about. This particular individual said, all that has ever come from my life has come through investing in others. That's a good start. All that has ever come from my life is investing in others. And so the more I thought about it, the more I realized the secret to discipleship was friendship. It was time spent together And in fact, over time, ministry was coming more from hanging out with one another than any program we could possibly run. We started to do something right while looking for something splashier. The something right was outreach in the form of authentic relationships. Again, if you're a note taker, write that down. uh, Outreach in the form of authentic relationships. Okay, That's what discipleship is. So listen, this, this is how simple. Here's what we do. We connect with the people that God places in our lives. We're intentional about it. We're sensitive to it. A few weeks ago, um, Joel Delft talked about when God sends you to the where, pay attention to the who. That's what you're really trying to pay attention to. Who is God placing in my life for this particular reason, for this particular season? And then what happens is you begin to love on them. And, and you begin to speak life into them and, and you show them dignity and respect and, and you truly see them and value them for who they are. Yes. Like, like, do you realize so often this is what Christ did that changed people's lives? All, all he did is he took the people that were overlooked, that were judged, that were cast out. He would simply see them, he would value them and he would love on them and it would change their lives. Yes. Think about how simple that is, we've overcomplicated this to the point to where we no longer understand the value of just caring about people. And yet, in so many ways, this is what a hurting world is looking for. I promise you this. I promise you, if you look somebody in the eye, if you give them your attention, if you show them that they matter and you care about what's going on in their lives, it will stand out. I promise you it will stand out. They won't even know really what to do about that because it's, it's so foreign to them. This is the heart of discipleship, that we would be willing to step into people's lives, show them that they matter, that they're valuable, that they are important. This is the heart of it. Discipleship is simple, but man, it's powerful. It's powerful in its simplicity. Now, here's another aspect of the simplicity that I want to talk about. And I think this is a really important one, maybe for people who have been around this thing for a little bit, because I think we get ourselves in trouble with not properly... Understanding this. One of the the main things that we have here when it comes to the mission of making disciples is what we call the Great Commission. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he very clearly says, Go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, it's a very clear call, a very clear command. But I think what has happened over time is we've read this and we've tried carrying like the full weight of that all nations part, like on our own shoulders. Like, we see it as this huge task that we could never accomplish, and so why even begin to step into it? And again, it paralyzes us. So listen, here's one of the big things that you need to understand about Jesus, and this is a principle you can apply just about across the board, and that is Jesus primarily looks at us and speaks to us as his community, as as a gathering of people. Now, that is very difficult for us to understand because of the culture we live in. In our modern Western world, we've talked a lot about it, we live in a very isolated culture. We have very individualistic perspectives beyond what we even realize. And and if you'll notice, that has turned into our spiritual life where we now talk all the time about, well, it's my personal choice and decision. It's, It's my personal relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. And there might be threads of truth in that, but what is much more true is that this is about the community of Christ. This is a communal endeavor. In fact, even think about the way that Jesus teaches us how to pray. In the Lord's Prayer, he says, Our Father in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread. It's a communal prayer. That's how he sees it. That's how he sees things. So the good news is when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, he's talking to all of us, meaning this is a family endeavor. Like this is a, a team sport, so to speak, right? And I think that has to help us understand our role and our function in it, that we are empowered to walk in it within our own context. Let me um, maybe paint the picture this way. Latest studies show that roughly one-third of the world's population would claim to be Christians. Okay, now that obviously changes depending on the area, region, culture, et cetera, but about one-third of the world's population identifies as Christians. What that means is if we truly took this to heart, each one of us individually, what that would mean is that each one of us makes one disciple who then makes one disciple and we've reached the world. If we truly took it to heart, each one of us, it would be that simple. It would be that easy. By the way, this is why we often talk about the power and the importance of unity and togetherness, that if we were of one mind in mission, we would change the world. It's not if, we would change the world if we realized what we could do together. And again, I'm I'm hoping that empowers you to walk in this in your own context. So just start with the one. Just start with the one person that God has placed in your life and has called you to disciple. Here's where I know for sure you can start. If you're married, start with your spouse. If you're married, start with your spouse. Disciple them into a relationship with Jesus. Disciple them into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Disciple one another so that you can grow and mature in Him. You can start there. If you have children, start with your kids. Disciple your kids. Might I just say that is a huge one that for some reason we have overlooked in a major way. Overlooked in a major way. The truth is, is we are making our kids disciples of something. uh, Disciples of someone. And so rather than making them disciples of this culture and this world's values, why not make them a disciple of Jesus, a disciple of love? Why would we not want... To do that. And see, this one's close to my heart because, in many ways, that's my story. In ways that I'm not sure I even understood until recently, because my parents made me a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I use those words very clearly because that's what Jesus asks us to do go and make disciples. That's the type of empowerment we have through the Holy Spirit. My parents made me a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here today. And can I, just, can I just tell you this? Maybe this will help some of you. Growing up in my house, um, I'll be honest with you. We, um, we didn't like do a bunch of Bible studies together. In fact, I don't know that I remember a single Bible study that like, we did as a family. Um, we didn't have like a ton of prayer gatherings in the living room all the time. It, it happened, but not all the time. That wasn't part of our, our regular days. They made me a disciple because I saw them living it every day of their lives. That's how they made me a disciple. Every morning I would come down the stairs and I would see my mother on her knees, praying and reading scripture. Every morning of my life, I saw the faithfulness. I saw it with my eyes. Every day of my life, I saw my father completely lay out his life for the benefit of others. I saw him be selfless. I saw him sacrifice for other people. And guess what? As I grew up, I wanted to be a part of it. Like, I want to do that. I want to make a difference in people's lives. They made me a disciple of Jesus because they lived it out in front of me. Can I just say to some of you parents, for, for the record, especially when I was a teenager, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't love getting dragged around to help people all the time, help people move and help people clean. I, I didn't enjoy it, but I look back at it now and it formed me into Christ's likeness in ways that I couldn't have done myself. So parents, listen, this is one of the most important things One of the most important callings on your life, disciple your children. Just be faithful in it day by day. Show them what it looks like to follow after Christ, that when they grow up, they will want to do the same. Let's start with the one. Let's start with where we're at and see what God does in and through it. Amen? Amen. So now that we've covered the simplicity piece of it, why don't we turn the page and let's talk about the depth of it. Okay, Now, I don't want to, um, to say that it's complicated because it's not. It's simple, but it is very deep. There's, there's a lot going on that we need to understand. And so let's go back to the relational aspect of this again. And so I want to be clear. When I talk about connecting with people, prioritizing people, giving them your time and attention, I'm not talking about a simple um, sharing of the gospel I'm not talking about like your 30-second discourse on Christ. I'm not talking about that. Now, I'm not saying God can't use that. I'm not saying we should minimize or devalue that at all. What I am saying is the type of Christ-like discipleship we're talking about here, listen, is everyday, gritty, relational type of discipleship. I'm talking about being in it every single day to the extent that you prioritize people over all the stuff that you got going on, that you would prioritize people Over those things. Again, as you're reading through the gospel this week that you choose, you're going to see this in the life of Jesus. He gives almost all of his time, his energy, his attention to other people that that they would learn, that they would grow, that they would be formed to be more and more like him. So yes, on one hand, it is very simple because it's it's making relationships. And and I want you to hold to the simplicity of that. I want you to hold to, to the foundation of that. On the other hand, it, it really is so much deeper because we're talking about selfless, sacrificial, laying down of your life type of relationship. That's what we're talking about. And can we just be honest about it? That's something that in our culture is nearly extinct. That's right. I mean, that type of relationship, that type of depth, do, do we see that really anywhere? I've said this before, but I think it's so true. In our culture, we've gotten really good at knowing people without really knowing people. Like, it's kind of a, a skill that we have obtained over time. And that's now not only true of the people we see on TV and read about in magazines. It's actually quite true of many of the people in closest proximity to us. Like, like listen, so many of the people in our daily orbit are people we frankly don't know well. We, we don't even know them very well. And why is that? Be- because all we have space for is like that surface level stuff. That's all we have space for, surface-level conversations, surface-level hangouts, surface-level actions. That's all we have the space for. The truth is is we don't know people well because we don't prioritize people well. We don't value people well. We don't care about people well. That's the problem. See, here's the biggest hurdle that you're going to have to get over through this concept, through this message. Here it is. The biggest component of discipling people is giving them your time. The biggest component to discipling well is laying out your time for the benefit of others. Discipling takes a lot of intention, a lot of devotion, a lot of selflessness. Like, let me just be clear about this. I'm not going to bait and switch you. I'm going to set the expectation now. Discipleship is a call to change the way you live your everyday life. That is what is required of us to change your perspective, to change your goals, to change your calendar, to change your priorities. That's what discipleship is. By the way, that's why we started this year with a series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We talked about ridding ourselves of the things that don't matter so that we can actually be about the things that do matter, namely discipleship. That entire series, all of those concepts was a setup to this. We must be serious about eliminating the distractions from our lives, the things that don't really matter, so we can be about our real purpose. And if you're a true follower of Jesus, it's clear what that is, loving others and making more disciples of Jesus. That is our purpose. Listen, it might be simple, but, but it's deep, it's costly, it's costly, and it's a change from how most of us live our lives today. That's the truth of the matter. And yet we want to give ourselves to it every single day of our lives We want to lay it out for that benefit. Now, there's much more to discuss around that, and we'll unpack more of that as we move forward in this series. But I want to kind of round this message out by simply talking about the why behind this. All right. Anytime um, we we discuss something important or of value, you really have to clearly understand the why behind it. Otherwise, you're probably not going to walk in it. Or if you do, you're not going to walk in it well. You have to understand the core, the foundation of this. And so there are two primary reasons why we are to walk in this. The first one I'll go through pretty quickly. But again, I want to go back to what we call the Great Commission. This is Jesus. He is talking to his disciples. This is what we read starting in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It's an interesting throw-in, by the way. Picking back up. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, there's a ton in there that we will talk more about through this series. But here's the reason I wanted to show you today. When we talk about the reason why we do this, is because Jesus has asked us to do this. You could argue Jesus has required us to be about this. And that's, that's helpful to know, right? Like, like when our Lord and Savior requests something of us, we should take notice of that. And, and that is true in this case. In fact, many of us today in our Christian circles, in our churches are doing things and prioritizing things that Jesus has never asked us to do. And we're not necessarily doing it on purpose, but, but, we're, but you know, Jesus never asked us to do that. He never asked us to be about that. So I just wanna make it very clear This is not some sort of made-up, man-made calling. This is Jesus from the very words of his mouth, go and make disciples of all nations. This is the calling on our life. Now, I wanna spin this into what I think is the, the, the real why, the real heart behind discipleship. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36. Jesus is asked this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Think about that. On these two commandments, it depends the whole law, all the prophets. This, this is everything. Love God And love others. So, listen, the ultimate why behind both being a disciple and making disciples comes down to love. That is the heart behind it. Now, unfortunately, much like that word follow, we hear the word love and it doesn't really stir our hearts anymore, it's lost its meaning. It's lost its punch because it's overused in our culture or it's used out of context, right? We, we don't understand this word the way we ought to. And so we almost have this anticlimactic feeling when we talk about love these days. It's, it's really sad because the truth of the matter is as Christians, as true followers of Christ, love is the foundation of everything we do. I mean, it, it is the foundation, genuine, real, deep, true love for God and for others, is the foundation of all that we do. In fact, in his book, Making Disciples, Ralph Moore put it this way, we are called to conquer the world, but that conquest is best defined in the command to love God and others. It is love that will win cultures to Christ. It is love for both God and man that motivates sincere disciple-making. What is he saying? He's saying it is, it is love that both pushes us to and, and completes the disciple-making process. It is what motivates it, and it's what accomplishes it. Now, what do I mean when I say it accomplishes it? Listen, do you realize that the early church, first, second, third century church, the, the people that literally changed the world forever, that's what they did. They changed the world forever. Do you realize that they did that through radical, sacrificial, inexplicable love for others. Do you know that that's how they did that? These were people that truly loved like Christ, and it changed everything. We're talking about people that truly cared for, for the sick and for the needy and for the widow and for the cast out. They truly cared about them. These are people that truly forgave people that wronged them over and over again, just as Christ has asked us to do. They did that. They refused to get caught up in dissension and arguments and disputes that that weren't about the true purpose. They loved their enemies. They loved their enemies, even as they mocked them and beat them and at times killed them. They loved them. And through these simple acts of love, it changed the world. Changed the world. People couldn't understand it. They couldn't make sense of it. It didn't fall within their cultural understanding, yet slowly but surely, it changed the lives of everyone around them. This is what we read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. If you want to know what being a disciple and making disciples is about in like one sentence, you should probably start here. A laying down of your life for the benefit of others. A giving of your time, a giving of your attention, of your desires, of your resources in complete service to others. And John takes that entire picture and he wraps it up into one concept, one reason, one why, love. We know love by this. See, in our culture, you might think love is overplayed. It's overused. It's just a cliche these days. In fact, you might even think that it has lost its power. But I promise you, true love, Christ-like love can and will change the world. It can and it will. One forgiven heir at a time, one turned cheek at a time, one disciple at a time. It can and it will change the world. It is what motivates us. It is what accomplishes it for us. And therefore it must be our foundation. May love lead us to follow after Christ with everything that we have and invite the people around us to join in that pursuit. Follow me as I follow Christ. May this be true of our lives.